0: Welcome to The Soapbox. My name is Chris Kraft.
1: And I'm Micah Davis. We want to have conversations spanning everything from philosophy to finance, and we want you to join us.
0: Our goal on this podcast is to share new perspectives on old ideas, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Soapbox. This is Chris Kraft. I've got Mr. Micah Davis sitting across from me, and we are looking forward to chatting with you tonight. Thank you for... Listeners that have been with us consistently for a while, we are going to be talking tonight about kind of a project that's in my head that I'm going to hopefully be working on in the future. Um, my wife and I do a lot of mentoring at the church that we're in, and, and we, we hear a lot of uh, people's reasons. Let's put it that way. Yeah. We hear a lot of reasons why people do things. We hear a lot of reasons why they don't do things. And then it's really interesting to hear those same people talk about their friends and family's excuses. Yeah, And, and I really want to have this conversation with you because we, we have this habit of human beings of thinking that I, I have my reasons, but if you were to say the same thing, I'm going to call yours an excuse. And, and a lot of what I think it is, is we, for some reason, we want to assign motives to other people. And, and and I want to go back and forth a little bit about this because I think this is, this our our podcast is called The Soapbox for a reason because we have soapboxes. We have things we're passionate about. And one of the biggest, one of my favorite Bible verses in the entire scripture is, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The, n- nothing in there tells me to fix Micah. Nothing in there tells me to fix my wife. This is a, you work out your own salvation. You let them work out their own salvation. So why is this idea soapbox to you, Micah, when it comes to, um assuming motives in someone else.
1: I think because the reason we ascribe motive seems to be to make sense of our world, but um <clears throat> all the time and and you hear people go like well it wasn't this bad, you know, a few years ago and it's like no, it we all the time humanity has been um focused on making uh what, what's called kind of an othering where you make other people different from you mm-hmm. and that's how we make sense of our world. And what happens when we deal with someone who places themselves outside of our good graces by not following through on something or whatever it is that we may be complaining about, we ascribe malicious motives instead mm-hmm. of ascribing some something else. Um, we see it a lot with this current presidency, not to get too political, but we see it a lot with uh, CEOs and all this stuff where people kind of tend to to go ahead and place malicious motives on them for failing to address this or over addressing that and in reality it could be ignorance it could be the fact that they don't have the resources there's a lot of different reasons why those kinds of things don't happen and the ascribing of motives uh to being malicious instead of like ignorant say is actually a logical there's actually a logical tool to use against it called hanlon's razor Never attribute to malice what could be attributed to stupidity, essentially. And um, I think that that is something that we have we, we lose sight of way too quickly. It's, it's natural weird. for us to go to to make sense of my world, they're bad. It's easy for us to do that rather than to make sense of my world, they forgot. Or they didn't think about it. Or they're ignorant and didn't know how much time it took to do this those kinds of reasons instead.
0: I I love the idea. So let's go with some practical examples of what this looks like. So first thing I think of is traffic, right? Yeah. Like we get get stuck in traffic. All of a sudden, busy, busy, busy. Somebody cuts you off. What is our first go-to normally? They did that on purpose. That's why we honk. That's why we get – the purpose – if we would give grace to people, road rage wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. The only reason road rage is a thing today is because of exactly what you're saying, assigning malicious intent to someone and, and it's malicious motives. And I like the idea of malicious intent. I'm actually claiming they have the intent to be And, and for those who, who need even more definition, let's go to something as simple as you walk into a room and a group of people across from the room starts laughing. What's our first thought? They're laughing at me. Yeah. Right. And, and that's not even a stupidity thing. That could just literally be you're walking in on a neutral situation that they're having a fun conversation talking about Godzilla and you're walking in and you're saying, oh, they're laughing at my choice of clothing. Right. Yeah. Like you're it's it's a complete assignment of someone else to where we're assigning them intent. Right. So pr- I, go, go and tell me what that's called again. Like, what's Hanlon's the name? razor. That, that's awesome. That's, that's yeah. It's a, a fantastic idea.
1: Yeah. Um, and the thing with Hanlon's Razor, it's actually talked about a lot in a great commencement speech by David Foster Wallace, who was a an old, uh, I think it was an English professor and he was a writer, that uh, he gave called This is Water. I think he gave it at Yale.
0: Yes, 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 yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a
1: fantastic speech that he gives. And essentially, the whole point of the speech was... Um, you got two fit young fish swimming through the ocean. And this one old fish swims by and hey, says, hey, boys, how's the water feel? And the two fish, you look at each other and they look around and they go, what the heck is water? Because they're not even paying attention to their surroundings, the stuff that they're in constantly day in, day out. They'd get so used to the water that you don't even pay attention to the waters there. Right. Um, and so the whole point of the commencement speech is that. Getting an education and learning more about the world that you're in allows you to understand it in a more cohesive and complex way than if you just assigned that malicious motive. He was like, what if someone cuts you off in traffic? Like you said, well, if someone cuts you off in traffic, we usually say they cut me off and that's all that matters to us. But what if they're driving their child to the hospital? Mm -hmm. What if. It's a, pre, uh, you know, a, a husband driving his pregnant wife to the hospital. Like, mm-hmm. what if there's something going on at home and they're trying to to help a friend out or something? There's a lot of different stuff that could be happening, but we just describe the malicious intent immediately. It's, re- it's really interesting
0: because my first question is, I wonder why we do that. I don't like, know. I, I'm not sure why we do that because I've, the same principles talked about in Tommy Newberry's book, The 4-8 Principle, and the statement he makes is just what you were just saying. What if that guy is driving his wife to, and that actually happened to me one time where somebody ran a red light, almost hit us and kept going. And I got really, my wife was in the car. We both started getting frustrated. Then we realized he's not, he's turning on 31 to go to the hospital and his flashes are on. So something was wrong. And Tommy Newberry's point in the book is, is you need to assume the best. And, and he even makes the argument. He says, you may be arguing with me in your head going, but that's probably not the case. And his, his point is this, What does it hurt? to assign the best motives possible. What, like you get to the end of your life and you realize that wasn't the case. I was assuming better motives than people actually had. What does it hurt? Yeah. On the other hand, it can really, really hurt and kill to assign malicious motives to people in traffic or to your friends. Jesus talks about this all the time, talking about how don't judge lest you be judged. The idea is not, and I can't stand the whole, well, don't judge me. No, 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 we're called to judge fruit. Right. I'm supposed to judge what I see. Of the what, church. Yeah. Of uh, the church. Like pe- people who claim Christ. Right. But, and really even in a business sense and all the business study that I've done over the years, I still want to judge your fruit of right. your results. I'm not going to take somebody's advice just because they, <laughs> I was sitting down with the young lady the other day that was extremely intelligent, but I, but she would make some very blanket statements. Here's the next thing I need to do in my business. And my first question is, who told you that? Mm-hmm. And she just is figuring it out herself. And I'm like, with all due respect, that's not good enough. You don't have the fruit on the tree. So that's the idea of judging the fruit on the tree. Does somebody have the lifestyle you're looking for? Does somebody have the success in business? I've heard it said that if Warren Buffett lost all of his money, somebody asked him one time, what if you lost every penny you had? He said, I'd have it all all back in less than a decade. Because he has the knowledge, right? He has the wisdom gained over years. It's not about the money it's about the wisdom of how to gain the money. Yeah. So we we are to judge that, but Jesus says all the time. Be careful, don't don't, don't try to judge what's in people's hearts. Only God and the man knows their heart, right? So right. there's tons of scripture about be very careful, but I agree with you. We do. It's become a cultural thing that we assign the most and it's the most malicious. Right. It's not even slightly malicious. Well, they might have meant something. No, you you wanted me dead. That's yeah. why like, it was real. like, I don't know. It bugs me, man.
1: <laughs> well, I think some of that has to do with so much of a self-focus and self-centered Agreed. life. Because think about the way, I, I love the the way that we kind of make sense of the world. Because <laughs> I knew this one kid one time, and it was pretty funny. But every time you walked into a place and someone walked past you, did you see how that guy looked at me? He wanted to fight me. <laughs> and eventually got to the point where i'm just like no one cares about you that much that they're walking past you in walmart and just want to throw down right there mm-hmm. and they don't know you right why would he want to throw hands for no reason in the middle of a walmart that's no one's motive unless you're psychotic <laughs> so it's like what what does that where does that thought come from but it was it was some kind of insecurity or identity crisis that he went through that caused him to feel like everyone was watching him. All eyes were on him. Everything was about him. And it's like, nothing's about you. You know? Yeah. It's it's not... The person who cuts you off on the road, they may have cut three other people off. You don't know what they're doing. It's not mm. about you. It's about them. What's their story? Who cares about yours at this point? Because them driving really fast has a lot to do with the risks that they're taking, which... You just kind of hope they have to. Uh, unfortunately, today's world, you know, you never know. But right. I would rather be like, hey, maybe they're, they need to get there before me yeah. than believing that they're being intentionally malicious and trying to kill me.
0: And just a side note, too, it really helps. Well, before I go there, I want to share one more story from a book called The Great Connection by Arnie Warren. At one point, they're up in the St. Louis Arch, and it's this mentor telling his protege, explaining to him about a worry and different ways to break anxiety. He takes them to the very top of the St. Louis arch. And if you've never been before, it's a massive arch. There's wind, You take a, you take like an elevator type pull, pulley system all the way to the top, and there's windows in the top. And the mentor says, look out the window at all the people in St. Louis. And the protege does so. He said, why do you want me to look out the window? He said, because all those people are walking through their day. Not one of them are thinking about you. And that was kind of a release for the for the protege because he realized everybody's really thinking about themselves. Yeah, <laughs> they're really thinking about themselves. They're not really thinking about you. The people who care the most about you are usually not even consistently thinking about you. Yeah, you may you you cross a lot of people's minds, but they're not constantly thinking probably about your motives and about your reasons and about your future. That's very self focused, right or wrong. That should free us a little bit. Right. That should free us a little bit. So now oh, there's another example I was thinking of. So I'll, I'll, I'll toss it back over to you until I think of the example.
1: I just think that like with with a traffic example, even when we see someone speeding past, I usually just attribute it to, I mean, stupidity. E- even even if that's not necessarily a positive way to view them. Well, I'd rather believe they're stupid than that. They're evil. Yeah, because the Bible talks about if you look at Proverbs, Proverbs talks about the wise, the foolish and the evil. Well, the worst one to be of those three is evil. The best one to be is wise. The most common one is foolish. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So if we're going to look around the world and attribute any kind of quote-unquote motives that we can just to make sense of the world, because we're going to attribute a motive. Right. That's one thing I want us to recognize, too, is there's no way you can say, well, um, you know, there... It, it, not consistently say there's no way to know the motive because usually that's that's our first thing is that we're just going to attribute the that we're coming out of. Yeah, we're, we're always going to say they did it because of blank because we're trying to make sense of the choices that people make. Um, but the fact that we could look at it and go, "You're foolish," is just <clears throat> better than being evil.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know? And and I, I'm going to throw in one more word. I'm going to say foolish or ignorant. Yeah. Is another way that I like because that I. I kind of like looking at it. Sometimes maybe they were never taught. Yeah. Right. That, that, yeah. That's, that's so. When I, yeah, I know what you mean, but I think when our listeners hear that, they may think stupid, as in imbecile, not stupid right. as in ignorant. We're never taught. Well, or and ignorance like
1: that. is even that was something I was talking about yeah. with my class the other day, and I realized when I said it, I was like, ignorant is kind of a negative connotation nowadays too. It's hard to talk about it that way with yeah, really with, with people because if you say you don't know something then you're an idiot. You're not just unaware, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that, that's the way it's taken. And so that's the thing is, it's like, there's no way to talk about like, hey, you just didn't have this information, which isn't really that big of a deal. Right. Um, it's just, now you know, move on from there. Right. And, I, and, I,
0: and I'm glad you brought that up. It's one of the, you helped me remember what I was going to say earlier. The other thing that assigning to ignorance instead of negative negative motives. The other thing it does is it helps take the stress off of us. Mm-hmm. For example, here's something that I've, and I learned this from Tommy Newberry the four, a principle, and it's helped me decrease my stress so much. He said, anytime that you get held up in traffic or you forget your wallet and you need to turn around and go to the house, why don't you assume that that's God keeping you from a wreck? Yeah. <clears throat> like that positive That's the same thing we're talking about, even if it's not to a person, because I've had something like that happen. And I've told the story before I I bought a shake one time after I got off work and I bought a shamrock shake from McDonald's and I I went over to a friend's house because I was off work and about half of it was gone and work called and said they needed me to come back in. It was like Super Bowl weekend or something like that. And I remember vividly a voice in my head saying, finish your shake first. So I told my work, I'll be in there in a little while. And they said, well, we need you in as soon as possible. Would have been really easy for me just to close it up and go right back to work. But I finished my shake, probably took four or five minutes Yeah. on my way back to work right before my turn to work. A drunk driver had just flown in at 55 miles an hour and hit somebody at the exact place that I should have been. But it was about three or four minutes past and it helped me realize if I could mentally just assume, okay, and this this happened today, I took a wrong turn. And I got frustrated for a split second. Then all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, I, I teach this, right? <laughs> like, like yeah. uh, this is one of the, I'm, I'm teaching this. I need to recognize. So I stopped and I just prayed and I said, thank you. Thank you, Lord. And w- whether it was him or not, l- let's be honest, who cares? Yeah. At that moment, my attitude was able to be saved in a sense, right? I, I didn't have to go down a negative pipeline for the simple fact that I was able to assign a positive motive or at least a neutral motive yeah. to something that looked bad. So not only does it help you with your relationships, it really takes down your stress level.
1: Yeah, it really does. And I think it's funny because we think about ourselves a lot in this self-centered way. But when you make yourself the center, you're kind of putting yourself on the pedestal as God. Mm -hmm. And that is a lot of pressure and a lot of weight to carry. Um, And I think that that's what a lot of us don't realize, including myself, don't realize when we're doing it in the moment is that if everything's about us, that means we better be doing a heck of a job. That's true. Um, And I think that's a lot of where that stress comes from. It's that if everything's about you at work, then you better be doing a heck of a job because everyone's eyes are on you. Mm -hmm. If everything's about you at home, then you better be doing a heck of a job because everyone's eyes are on you. And, um, same thing at church, you know, if you, if you think everything's about you, that means you better be doing a heck of a job or everyone at the church is not going to like you, appreciate you, or want to be in fellowship with you, which, you know, we place all that pressure on ourselves. And I think that causes a lot of the stress of today. Nowadays, it's ironically the thing that we hold most dearly, our self-esteem and pride that that's causing so much of our
0: problems. It's crazy, man. And going back to what we talked about at the beginning with reasons and excuses, mm-hmm. I think when it comes to motives, when we give our reasons for something, what does it come from? It comes from our motives. Right. Well, I did this because blah, 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 blah. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've cut somebody off and all I can think of is if I was in that guy's shoes, I would probably be cussing me out. Right. And exactly. I, I wouldn't be, but it's that, it's that idea. But, but, but he
1: would be, he, but <laughs> he know, would be a normal right? person would.
0: <laughs> right. So it's the idea of, I have reasons. Mm hmm. I'm going to look at Micah and say, well, he's just given me an excuse. It's the same thing, right? It's the same thing in my project. When I was writing some of this out, I had put down today. I don't care if it was a reason which we see as valid or an excuse, which we see as invalid. The result is the same. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of journaling some of this out and I said, okay, if I get fired from my job, what are the reasons that my boss fired me? Well, poor performance, too many mistakes, you were late too many days. You didn't come in at 100%. Just, there's a lot of reasons they have. I could give a lot of excuses. Yeah. Right? Or he could see me as giving a lot of excuses. I could tell him, well, it was traffic. He looks at me and says, that's an excuse. I look at him and say, no, it, it took me an hour and a half. I, I work in downtown Birmingham and it's raining. Like, yeah. That's a reason <laughs> for me. That's an excuse for them. Right. So, it's, so, in other words, I don't care if it's a reason or an excuse. The results are the same. Yeah. So when it comes, to especially personal relationships, make sure that you do assume the best. Or I love what you said: assume stupidity, assume ignorance. Because when it really comes down to it, that's going to take away your stress, and it's really going to help your relationships. Because you're you're looking at the, looking for the best in people. There's a book by Alan Loy McGinnis. It's one of my favorites called "Bringing Out the Best in People." And if you're ever working with people, whether it be customers or fellow employees, your goal is to bring out the best in them. Yeah. Your, your youth group, your kids, all that you do. Darian, we're working at the daycare with my wife. Like we're all looking to bring out the best in somebody. And I think our subject matter today is one practical way that we can do that. Yeah. We can notice ourselves. And I, I, we were talking about self-examination on the last podcast. And maybe that's one of the things we need to start doing more. We need to start when we get frustrated, stop and ask, ask yourself, why are you so frustrated? Probably, it's because somebody's not meeting an expectation of yours. Yeah. And you're assigning them a negative motive. So as we kind of close this up, you got any closing comments, any thoughts you want to throw out?
1: There's a Good. book that I read in college that opened my eyes to a lot of the ways that humans behave, and I cannot remember the name of the author. The book is called Irrationality. I'll, I'm sure I'll talk about it a lot, but it's basically about the logical fallacies that we make that cause us to view the world in a much more either too negative or, and I, I say this in a hyper-optimistic way, way but too positive as well like where we either view someone as a god or we view someone as the devil kind of thing Mm. um and it's a great book and it just goes through each logical fallacy on their own chapters fantastic uh it's called irrationality i want to say the guy's last name was sutherland but i couldn't find it on on amazon so i'll just have to put it in the show notes or something that's fantastic and and
0: any of the books that we threw out today are great i would really encourage you to dig into scripture for 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 mike and i since we have that judeo-christian background study the example of Jesus watch yeah. how he handled people and and watch how he handled people that other that other people looked down on right you could see like the pharisees grabbed this woman who was caught in the act of adultery Jesus saw her as a person mm-hmm. who maybe yeah she was probably told that was wrong but in that moment he knew what she needed so the reasons or excuses didn't matter he just knew this woman was in need somebody to stand up for her And to help her future be better than her past. Right. So Jesus did this all the time really well. So study through the gospels, go through any of the books we talked about. And, uh, and I, and I think it's going to be it for today and, and look, look out for future projects that we might have. We'll probably talk about this in the future, <clears throat> but I would really encourage you look for the best in people. Yeah. Look for the best in people. I'm not saying I do it every time, but the more that you do it, the less stress that you're going to have in your life. So right. we appreciate you listening today. Remember the world does not need another artificial copy. The world needs an original you. So go find your soapbox, stand on it and change the world. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can find the Soapbox on Apple or Google Podcast, and you can join the conversation by finding our Facebook page, Soapboxes Media, our Twitter handle at Soapboxes Media, or send us an email at SoapboxesMedia at gmail.com.